What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had on Jordana Bryant over Zoom video. Jordana was born and raised in a suburb in Pennsylvania and talks about how she got into music. Her dad is a guitar player and she always loved to hear him play guitar and she'd sing along and kind of make up her own melodies, do cover songs. She eventually learned how to play guitar around 10, 11 years old. And that's when she started to write her own songs as well. She told us about a viral moment she had online with one of the covers that she put up. She graduated high school early, moved to Nashville with her family and started to network with other songwriters. She talked about getting signed, all about her song Guilty, the music video for it. And she talked all about her brand new self-titled EP as well. And the most recent single, Penniless and Broke. You can watch our interview with Jordana on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Jordana Bryant. Well, hello, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about your EP. Awesome. Sounds great. Amazing. So, um, are you, where, first off, where were you born and raised? You're in Nashville now, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. So, I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, outside of Philadelphia, in the suburbs there, and I moved to Nashville about a year ago, last summer. Amazing. So, what was it like growing up in Pennsylvania? It was really, really awesome. Um, I I lived in an area where it was super green and, um, you know, woodsy. And I, I loved that. I loved getting out in nature. And I feel like, uh, you know, it was really like peaceful and stuff. And, and I also loved, um, you know, growing up, my dad played me a bunch of music. And when we would go on hikes and stuff, he would, you know, play me music and play me old country songs. And I just loved hearing the stories and, and you know, how you could kind of close your eyes and picture those songs. Yeah. Wow. What, what, did he perform at all? Like, was he a guitar player? Or he just played the records like on a... Yeah. So he, he played guitar in a bunch of country rock bands when he was growing up. Um, so I would kind of hear him playing around the house. Um, he always had a guitar in his hands and I just fell in love with like, I would just make up melodies and lyrics and sing along. And it was just the most fun thing ever. And it was really, you know, it was really cool to get to share that with him and to get to just jam out with him. And that was really, I think, where my love of music came from. Wow, that's cool. To, yeah, especially to have a, a family member, not only that plays, but also supports what you're doing. Sounds like a definitely. lot, obviously. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel very grateful. Um, so at what age were you interested in, you know, learning how to play guitar or, or is, was it always just something that you guys did together from a very, very early age? Yeah, from a very young age, I just, I would always sing along and, um, you know, whenever I heard him playing, I would just start singing along. But probably when I was about 10 or 11, he started teaching me how to play guitar and that really opened it up for me. Um, you know, I feel like before it was kind of, as soon as he got home from work, I was like, okay, play the guitar so we can make music. But after, oh, after cool. he started teaching me, um, I was able, you know, when I got home from school to just you know, pick it up and start messing around with writing songs. And that was really, I think, how I, I started writing songs. Um, and, and I just loved how, as a songwriter, you kind of get to choose what message you put out into the world. 
I just feel like that's really special and you can kind of choose to, you know, to share positivity and to, um, you know, bring people together and lift them up. And I think that's really powerful. And um, I just, you know, fell in love with the process of creating and, and how you get to, um, you know, just create this, this song that can really, you know, hopefully transport people and, um, you know, create something that hopefully people can relate to and that resonates for them. I find it really, I mean, it's so interesting and, and, and really it's magical, really. Like you can write, like you can go into a room and write a song and create something that has never been done before, right? Just out of no, nothing. You're, yeah. It's just in your brain and you just create music and melody and lyrics and it comes out and then, you know, people can hear it. If you just even think of the biggest songs on the planet, like, you know, Paul McCartney went into the the studio or went into his room and just wrote, you know, yesterday or whatever it may be. It's like, so yeah. like that didn't exist until he did that. And then it's like changed the lives of so many people. I know it's, it's so crazy to think that literally, and like one afternoon the song didn't exist. And then a few hours later, you know, this, this thing that has the power to make such an impact on people is, born and I also think it's so crazy that it's like a song is not something physical it's I mean in its truest form it's not something physical it's not something you can hold or touch but it has the power to make such a big impact on people and I think that's just so incredible and I think music is is very unique in the way that it can really bring people together and unite them whatever differences we have like when you're listening to music and when you're going to a concert and hearing people play music you're just, you know, we're all united and we're all, you know, together sharing this experience. Mm -hmm. And it can, you know, not only bring people together, it's therapeutic for people. It's you, totally. you can hear a song and bring you back to some moment in your life. Like, it's just crazy how the impact that it has on your brain in the sense like, oh, you hear a song and it could take you back to when you were 10 in the woods with your dad or whatever totally. it may be. Yeah. It's yes. just such a wild connection that, you know, your brain can make with. Totally. was created out of nothing yeah it's it's really crazy it's crazy how hearing a song just like brings back a memory and makes you you know like remember a specific moment 10 years ago right you can pinpoint that moment that you heard the song you're like wow totally. it's wild that 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 uh, that you know that it exists that way um with that you said well was your dad a songwriter as well or did he just play covers he mostly just played covers. He, um, for a while, he was in like an ACDC cover band and he did right. a bunch of, you know, Led Zeppelin and all of that stuff, all of those, you know, rock artists, but he never really got into songwriting. Okay. So you learn guitar and you use that really as kind of a, a vehicle or to write your own songs. Was that something that you were always striving for or right away were you like, okay, I want to learn these five or six songs and sing along to them? Or was it always kind of something that you wanted to create your own song? Yeah, I think I always had this desire to create. And I think even before I really knew what songwriting was or, you know, um, the rules of songwriting or what a chorus was or a verse or any of that stuff, I just naturally when he was playing and like rather than I don't know singing I guess songs that were already songs I would just make up melodies and lyrics and when I would hear a song in the car and there was like you know 
eight bars of instrumental before the lyrics came on, I would start singing my own melodies and lyrics. And um, it just was something that I think was so natural. And I just had this passion for creating and, and that any, you know, chance I got, I, I wanted to, you know, create. And so, uh, yeah, when I started learning guitar, I, I love just messing around with different chords and, um, you know, trying to see what melodies I could come up with. And a lot of the times I would start singing gibberish lyrics and then one word in there, I would be like, oh, that could be a cool, you know, topic for the song. And, and it would mm-hmm. kind of just spring from there. Wow. And was that something like, were you shy growing up or was uh, songwriting and presenting your songs to people or showing songs to people? Was that something that was difficult for you? I mean, it's really a vulnerable thing. Yeah, so I was definitely a more shy kid. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I loved songwriting because it felt like, you know, a way to express how I was feeling. And uh, I I had a very t- hard time, I think, talking to people. But when I was singing, for some reason, I, I felt, you know, a lot more confident and I felt, you know, like I could share how I was feeling. And, uh, and so even though I, you know, I would say I was very shy when I got up on stage and was singing my songs and stuff, I, I think I just got so lost in the music that uh, that kind of went away. Interesting. So like when you were showing people your songs early on, like uh, were you getting validation fairly quickly? Like, oh, wow, you know, Jordana's a really good songwriter or like you know, she's a great singer or what, whatever it may be. Like what, were you getting kind of, those spikes of confidence and validation from peers or, or other people outside of your house? Um, I mean, I would say in the beginning, mostly I was sharing my songs with my parents and my grandparents and, you know, aunts and uncles. And so I, I think, you know, however much they were like, Oh, that's great. I kind of was like, well, yeah, you're my parents. You have to say that. Right. Yeah. Um, you kind of have that idea like, well, yeah. Okay. You guys love it. Cause it's me, but is, is this yeah. really something that's tangible? Yeah, totally. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I appreciated their support, but mostly I, I don't think I really cared whether people liked it or not. I was like, well, I like what I created and I'm having fun creating it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. But I think it wasn't really until I started posting some stuff when I was probably like 14 and, you know, random people who I had never met were like, Oh, I like this. This is really cool that I, you know, that I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's awesome that other people are are enjoying this as well. Mm -hmm. Was there like a, like, I mean, you said you moved to Nashville a little over a year ago. Is that correct? And but mm-hmm. I mean, you you've had like a you know big moment on TikTok and other things. Obviously, I mean, your music video has nearly a million plays. Like you have millions of streams on your songs. Like, uh, was that like at fourteen when you're putting stuff up online? What, did you have a song that you know kind of popped and did something before you moved to Nashville? Or like, how does like how do you end up getting to Nashville? Because you're how you're you're pretty young still. I mean, what you're like seventeen or eighteen? Yeah, so, like, seventeen. Yeah, so 17 to get your family to just up and move to Nashville unless that's, you know, you have to have not only a lot of support, but I'm sure there's some, you know, lot, I don't know what the word would be, but there has to be some game plan behind that thing. Yes, totally. So um, I first started posting a few covers on YouTube and um, I, I remember going into my parents' room one night and they were like, it has 5,000 views. And I was like, what? 5,000 wow. views? That's crazy. And then the next morning it had like 3 million views. And I of a was cover just, or one of your own songs? A cover. Oh my um, gosh. That's yeah, still, that's I, wild. I, 
Yeah, and I I mean, I was floored by the 5,000 views. I was like, I don't think I even know 5,000 people. Yeah, uh, and for, so sure. for it to for it to reach that many people was really crazy to me. And um, through a mutual friend, a mutual friend sent uh, Seth Mosley, a producer and writer in Nashville, um, one of those videos, those cover videos. And uh, he invited me and my dad to come to Nashville and to meet up with him and record a few songs. And so we went down and that was like the start of 2020. And we went down, we met up with him. He is just one of the best people. He's super down to earth, super nice. And he's also just so talented. And I had a blast recording with him. That was kind of my first experience being in the studio and recording a song. And I just loved it so much. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, but then the pandemic hit. And so we had a little pause on coming back to Nashville, but I took that time to kind of just, you know, start posting on Instagram and start going live every night. And I would go live for an hour or two every night and just try to create a space where people could talk about how they were feeling and we could use music to, you know, create a little positivity in, in everyone's day. And I think everyone was kind of longing for a sense of community. And so I really wanted to try to create that with my music and with, you know, these live streams and it was really cool to see how you know they started growing at first it was like three people and my parents were one of them but then it quickly started growing to you know multiple thousands of people joining every night and it was really just awesome to get to connect with people in a time where I feel like we were all really feeling very isolated yeah. uh, but so you know after that I I used Instagram to be able to share my music with more people. And it was really awesome to, you know, to be able to, to connect with people through music. And, um, and so through that, I, you know, when I started releasing some songs um, and I started releasing a few back in April, um, I, you know, was able to share those on, on social media. And then um, that translated to more streams, which was really awesome. And, um, and I signed a record deal with Riser House uh, probably like a year ago. Yeah, and, massive. Um, thank you. Yeah. And so it's, it's been really awesome to be releasing these songs with them and, um, you know, have them as a team behind me. And uh, I just love the team there. And so I think that all contributed to, to my parents agreeing to move. And um, I, you know, probably like, two years ago told them, you know, Hey, I think I want to graduate early and um, you know, and move to Nashville. And they were open to the idea. They were, I think they wanted to make sure that I had an education and had, you know, the tools to provide for myself, but they were very open to supporting me and um, you know, supporting me and following my dream. And so we talked to my school and, and uh, I started taking extra classes and all of that. And I was able to graduate last year and, um, and, and then after that, we uh, shortly after that, we moved. And it's been just so fun getting to live in Nashville and do this full time. That's so cool. And signing that record deal must have been massive for you, obviously. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. Um, so through a mutual friend, I, um, I got connected and he had like, he had been, he worked there and he had been kind of giving me some advice on social media on the side for a few months. And then he was like, Hey, I want to bring you in to meet the label. I think they could be a really good fit. And so I met with the head of the label, Jen, and uh, I played a bunch of songs for her and it was just like an instant connection. I, I love her and she's, uh, you know, she's so great. And the whole team there is so awesome. And it really feels like a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited to be working with them. That's cool. And when you got to Nashville and, and are you put into writer's rooms with other people and kind of workshopping songs that way? 
Yeah, so um, through Seth, the, the producer that we first met in Nashville, he, um, his publisher at the time for his company was connecting me with a bunch of writers. And I first started co-writing on Zoom during the pandemic. And mm. um, it's funny, I probably did like 50 Zoom writes before I ever did one in person. Wow. And once I did one in person. I was like, I understand why people like this a lot better. <laughs> but um I love I love co-writing. I think it's so fun getting to collaborate with people and, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And it's just one of the coolest things to see how ideas change and evolve in a room and how you could bring one thing in and how it turns into something so different and so, you know, much better when you mm -hmm. come out of it. And uh, and so I really love that process and I find it I find it really fun. When you go into a co-write, and especially if you're, you know, you're writing with people that have done this for a number of years, right? And they have credits under their belt and everything else. And going in, like, did you experience like any like like ageism as a, you know, or were you nervous at all? You know, you're around these people that maybe are like, you know, there's this young younger person in here writing songs. Like, did you feel like it was hard to kind of open up or, you know? say, oh, I don't like this thing. I want to, or I don't like this direction. Like kind of have to assert yourself. I would think that'd be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, the first few co-writes that I did, I, I think I had a hard time. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings if I didn't right. love a certain yeah, they threw out. And so I, you know, sometimes came out of the room where I was like, oh, I wish we had done something different on this line. And I just, you know, I didn't know exactly what the best way was to tell someone that, you know, I, I think we could push for a better idea. Um, but after being, I think, in, in more rooms and stuff and just observing the ways that other people, um, you know, went about that. And sometimes it was like, I like that. I think we can beat it. Or like, you know, like, I'm not sure that's exactly how I would say it or stuff like that. I think there are ways to, you know, to say it where it's not, you know, offensive Less or personal. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, that's <laughs> and also, awful. I, mean, I would never everyone, say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think everyone's throwing out ideas and that was another thing that I like sometimes I felt like oh well if this idea isn't perfect I don't want to throw it out because what if they don't like it or what if they think less of me as a writer but right. um but you know I like in one of the first co-writes I was in the co-writers created this line in the document and this they were like this is the no judgment line anything below this no judgment we're throwing out ideas and I like that and I think it it kind of showed me everyone's looking for the best idea in the right. And you might, you know, by throwing something out, it might not be the right idea, but it might inspire the right idea. You know, someone else in the room might hear that idea and it might spark something that, you know, turns into the right idea. And so I think, you know, and Nashville writers are so in like 99% of the time, they are so welcoming and non-judgmental, like, yeah. Literally basically every right I've had, people are so open to hearing ideas and they're not judging. They just want to come up with the best thing and come create the best product that we can. And uh and so I think, you know, I was very fortunate to those first few rights that I did learn that people are really, you know, not gonna judge you if you throw out an idea and um just you know, say it if you if you think it could work, say it and it might not work, but it might inspire something that will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that in not only in songwriting, but I, I live in Nashville too, but I've moved from California and I feel like he, people are just so much more pleasant. 
Uh, yeah. Like, I, I'm not shocked that um, it isn't as like, you know, you, you could feel safer to express your feelings without being totally. And <laughs> I agree. And I think one of the things that shows that so well is so in, in Nashville, every right you go into, it's like equal split. Like if there are four writers in the room, each one gets 25% of, you know, of the publishing. Um, uh-huh. If there are two writers, they get 50%, whatever in LA, that's not the same. It's however much you contributed is how much percentage you get. So for oh, example, like if you contributed like five lines, they could be like, you should only get like 13.7% or whatever. And I think that just creates an environment where people are really just trying to get their idea in the song so that they can get more percentage rather than trying to get the best idea, regardless of whose idea that is. And so I love right. that in Nashville, it creates a room that's like, has no tension when everyone is just going to get the same split and we're all just working to try to get the best idea, however that comes about. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I'm not shocked by any means, but like, yeah, yeah. then it comes to the, the person with the seniority or the loudest voice saying, oh, no, yeah. Jordana, that's not, I wouldn't say it that way. And then just maybe changing a little bit of what you said. And then now that line of yours is gone and yeah, you lost exactly. whatever percent. That's super fascinating. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I could see how that wouldn't, you wouldn't really deliver the best product <laughs> that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly oh, wow. and i think so many times in writing, it's like whose idea was that like it might have started out as this person's idea but then this person added this one word and it's like how can you really determine like who contributed the most and like right. what percentage they contributed you know yeah unless one person just sitting on their phone in the corner not even talking i could see why they'd be like oh, okay this guy or yeah, girl, so they get that yeah. yeah maybe they shouldn't get the 25 percent but it, yeah, there's no way to say that uh, an idea didn't start from someone, one person versus the other. So, um, but that's yeah. really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, I love your video for Guilty. I think the concept behind it is really cool. Um, you're kind of in an interrogation room. And then when you're taking your mugshot pictures, it's like, you know, you're having fun with it. And the, and the, and the, the, the photographer's like, smile. And like, you're just like, you know, just like the, the concept I thought was really creative. And then like, you're guilty of you know liking this person and all it's just like the evidence photos are all just of this guy that works at the coffee shop like i thought that was really a cool creative idea thank you thank you it was so much fun to film um when i wrote the song i kind of you know a lot of times after i write it because i'm a very visual person i kind of picture i'm like oh this would be such a cool music video concept for it and so um after we wrote it because we had all these like jail references in the in the song with it you know the title being guilty I thought it would be really fun to do a prison but make it like super fun and girly and um, yeah and and going into it I I really wanted to um, have it directed by Roman White who directed a bunch of the Taylor Swift music videos he directed before he cheats um, wow. and so many others and I remember probably like two years before this video when my dad and I were trying to do like more of a like a smaller music video for a song that I had like put out on YouTube and stuff. There was a, um, a section on his website that was like, you know, business inquiries. And so we put something down like, Hey Roman, we'd love to work with you. He never <laughs> responded. Uh, so after we got him to do this video, we were like teasing him on set. We were like, Roman, why didn't you respond to our email? You didn't want to work with funny. us. 
<laughs> That's um, awesome. You actually called him out. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he's so funny. He's the best. Um, well, but he, my label was able to connect, connect us with him. And it was so much fun to work with him on set. And uh, it was, yeah, he, he just made it such a fun environment. And so, uh, yeah, non-judgmental. I think the same thing is true when you're doing a music video and you're trying to pretend to be in love with this person that you've just met and it's kind of uncomfortable and awkward. And Roman just did a great job, you know, making that tension go away and making it just super fun and carefree. Yeah. It's a great, it's a cool video. Um, and then your EP, the, the, it's just your self-titled EP, correct? It's just, you're, you're just going to, yeah. Gonna, yeah mm-hmm. throw it in and, um, I love the song. I, I love the songs you put out on it so far. Penniless and broke is really a great song. I feel like, um, it, the sound of the last few re- records that you put out is just, it's like this more, it's like a definitely a modernized country. So like you're like guilty is pretty is like a straightforward country song. That's you know really good. There's a lot more like production elements. I feel like in penniless and broke and even, uh, can I get it back? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love how, you know, there's some more, I think like, you know, different and, and more modern parts of the production that make it, you know, really hooky. And, and for Penniless and Broke, that one's co-produced by Seth Mosley and Tom Jordan of Seaforth. And I think Tom added some really cool elements that uh, brought it a little more modern too. Yeah. Is that kind of what the EP is going to have that same feel for, and because you haven't released the whole thing, the rest of it's coming out, but um, how many of the songs are out thus far? So one of the songs, just Penniless and Broke, and oh, okay. The, so the rest uh, of it's new. Yeah, the five other songs are all new. They come out tonight at midnight, and um, and yeah, some of them are 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 more um, in this more modern, a little bit more you know pop country um, you know production. But there are definitely a few on there too that um, are more country and um, you know I would I would call them more yeah country production and. Uh, country lyricism and um, and so I'm excited. I feel like they all you know together feel cohesive in the way that I you know I would say my genre is country pop. I love mm-hmm. the storytelling aspect of country music. I love how it's very visual. I also love the melodic influences that pop has and and how you know you can kind of bring some more of those uh really hooky different rhythmic you know things in your melody and so i love blending the two and i'm excited to you know have that blend kind of uh come about in the in the ep awesome when did you start working on the ep we started probably I want to say like late spring of last year. So probably about a year ago, I started writing for it and uh, got in the studio probably end of um, end of the year, maybe beginning of this year. So November, December, January, we started getting in the studio and recording them. And uh, probably about a month ago, we filmed some videos for all of the songs. So those are going to come out on YouTube tonight. Oh, all everything. You're just going to release all of it. That's awesome. Yeah, so all of them are have a visualizer, so a smaller video, and then uh, we might put out some bigger videos um, for a few of the songs at a later point, too. Very cool. Is there a song on the record that, you know, maybe was a little bit more difficult or vulnerable to put out, or, like, what was, like, or a, was there a special moment when you were putting the EP together that you could think of off the top of your head? 
Yeah, I would say Holy. I mean, I love all the songs on the project, but I feel like sure. Holy really special to me. It's the first song on the the project and it's um, you know, I think it shows a little bit more of who I am. I I wrote it about, you know, the people in life that really see you for the whole you and and love you no matter what and whether that be a friend, a, you know, a parent, a family member, a partner, anyone. And, and for me, it was inspired by my faith. And, uh, you know, my faith is a big part of who I am. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to share that in my music. So um, I'm excited to put that one out. And I also uh, am excited for the last song on the project, Breathe, which is, um, you know, about taking care of yourself. And in those difficult remote moments, just remembering to, to breathe and take it one moment at a time and um, just trust that you're, you're going to get through it. That's exciting. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. It was great to talk with you. Yeah. Do you have any shows coming up that you're going to do like in support of the EP? Yeah. So I'm playing at Live Oak tonight um, at 7 p.m. And then tomorrow night I am playing at Conrad Nashville at 8 p.m. And then on Monday I'm playing Whiskey Jam. And uh, next Saturday I'm playing Raging Cajun Festival in downtown Nashville. No way. That's awesome. He has yeah, a lot of chances to, to support the EP. That's cool. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, well, again, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Jordana, for doing this. I have one more quick question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, I would say just never lose your special, you know, things that you have to say. I think a lot of times when you come into industry, you see so many people who are so talented and it can be really intimidating, but you're the only one of you and you're the only one who can say what you have to say. So just never lose that authenticity and never try to, you know, just copy someone else who's having success because there's already one of them, but there's not one of you yet. And and you have something really unique that you can bring to, to the music industry. And so if you just remember that and remember to stay true to yourself, you're never going to go wrong.